We did, well, also we said, we actually said, my God, Andy's here. Don't, don't, don't draw attention to it. Uh, well, Stu said, it, well, I said, wow. Stu said, wow, straight away. Yeah, he's here. <laughs> See how many crass errors I could make today and how many over the next few days or whatever it is before you actually realise that it's not a very good idea for me to be actually to be on this podcast at all. <laughs> no. I think you're here, Andy. I think the only reason you're here, surely, is because it's a sprint stage and we know how much you love a sprint stage. I, do, I don't love a sprint stage at all, as you know. I mean, they're kind of inevitable. They're an inevitable necessity, aren't they? Because you've got to have some sort of a lull for the rest of the the peloton that actually does things that you can sort of watch in real time because they're slow enough and also build up a bit um, to recover. So... Yeah, I need, need sprint stages, but I'm not at all interested in them now. I'm really sorry, sprinters. Well, we should say that we are uh, well. We are planning to talk about uh, the stage three of the Tour de France, which was well was a sprint stage in the end. Although I think there was two and a half thousand meters of climbing, which uh, that sounds pretty lumpy uh, to me, to be honest. But but it was it was classified as a sprint stage, and it did come down to a a, a, a sprint. But before to get God, I'm having with teeth in tonight before we get to that i should say you are listening to for the love of pog a podcast mainly about cycling now i am here hooray, hooray. Oh, i finally hooray. got a cheer lawrence yeah. is here hooray. Stu is here hooray. <laughs> and once again andy is here hooray. Hooray. two episodes in a row Awesome, I've got. Awesome. I've written down. I've written my mistakes down today, <laughs> just just to make sure I get pre, them right. Yeah, then we discovered last mistakes. episode this. This be prepared his mistakes today. This is the uh, the cycling podcast for the for the ill informed. Did we say in the armchair and ill informed? Um, yes, ill disposed <laughs> and ill informed. <laughs> now, look, I wanted to start with Cav. Right now, there's a lot. Obviously, things have happened. We're at stage three of the tour, but I wanted to start with Cav because. I watched pretty much all of the stage today, and I don't know whether you guys felt this, but the last 20 kilometres, I thought the first I thought Carlton Kirby was going to have a heart attack. I couldn't think he'd get any more excited, right? But I got so stressed. I was thinking, is this the one? Is he going to do it today? And there was a moment, sort of 5Ks out, where he was quite nicely placed, and I thought, oh, my God, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And, of course, it didn't happen in the end. He didn't win. But how did you... What did you guys feel? I felt I, I thought if this is going to be the case for the next five sprint stages, it's going to be a nightmare watching this. My favourite Kirby ball from today, though, was when he, um, right at the end of the coverage, he read out before they handed over to the breakaway, where it is. Um, he read out the final um, list of stage, the stage result, and just completely missed um, Philipson from the top and re- read it from number two downwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was like well, the guy who won it didn't exist. Very funny. Well, I mean, when I watched, I actually thought I did think then who won. I had to I had to go and check yeah. who actually won the stage. I just wasn't focusing on it, on it at all. Yeah. It was a bit of an easy win, wasn't it? Really, but um, I, I don't know. I didn't think Cal was going to go for it today at all. There was a bit of a preamble that I caught early on from Eurosport saying that he'd already said that he wasn't really looking at that one because because of the lumpiness and whether he'd be in the right position etc cetera, etc cetera. i think tomorrow i think he wanted to get to let today happen see if he was there or thereabouts and then he might tomorrow's the one he'll really go for it so he wasn't that far away he was he was he was catching up 
Well, look, he was there, and it was all positive after it. He was saying he was really, really pleased, and you know, he said the team got him to the two K outs. But the reality was, I just don't think he's there. Okay, it's very early doors, and that drop off of Phillips was perfect, wasn't it? I mean, you couldn't have got one better. And Cavendish used to have a lot, a lot of that with Redenshaw. But I felt he was isolated. His team, his team weren't there when he needs them. And what I fear is going to happen, because he's he's a right, he's a hustler, a battler. And he saw it today. There's a couple of moments where you know he was really jockeying for for place and position. Now, if he's not got his team around him in that final one k or to the final five hundred meters, he's going to be doing that. And when you do that, that's when real you're taking much, you know, many more risks. And I just think he's the type of person that's not going to back down. And he could end up just having a massive crash or coming off. We've seen it many a times before with Cabby does that. He comes off. I just think if he hasn't got protection around him and a team around him, this could happen because he's so. this is the one he wants. He's so desperate. I just thought, hmm, he needs some protection and a big sort of like lead out. And I don't think I don't think he's there today. But all the talk after was like, brilliant. So, so to your point, Lars, maybe they weren't, they, didn't, they just wanted to be there. They weren't really going for the win. And, yeah. he, you know, he came and he was there. We finished sixth, didn't they? I think all that, all, all what you said there and the fact that it's the Tour de France, he got he could do it in Giro and he managed to get the win. But but every single stage is so much heightened, as we said before, mm. about Tour de France. And therefore, all those little mistakes, it's it's an extra hustle and bustle. It's some you know, it's even more fraught. Yeah. But it's it's another level up, isn't it? And that's why it is. I mean, I think I saw through. at least saw at least three wobbles, you know, in the final two K where they're all going for it with those roundabouts and at the end, you know. Wout was Wout could have easier come off, didn't happen. But you know, you're talking a few centimeters. Wout changed his mind, didn't he? he changed his mind. Yeah, he thought, no, forget this. Too risky. But anyway, you could, I could be wrong. I just think if he's desperate for it, and he will battle, hustle, he'll he'll make he'll take bigger risks. He could end up coming off, and then if he comes off, that could be game over for the whole tour for him. We'll see. He needs someone like you know Renshaw or someone to really deliver him. I think two, three hundred meters from the finishing line. Maybe they could have bought I Thomas. That's the best bit of analysis I've heard on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I know I'm, I'm sort Genuinely, of Genuinely, that that's really good. Yeah. I think we need to just... I think we just... Should we just, just quit now? Should we just stop? Should we just stop now? Just admire... I think, I think, I think probably. <laughs> just stand back and admire it <laughs> for a few seconds. That's what I'm doing. I think it's really yeah. good. And what I want to do is walk around it and look at it from every <laughs> angle because it's so nice. <laughs> The thing is, it's just, so, I'm, I'm amazed because it's not what we've done to date. So, uh, wow. It's, uh, yeah, we've, it's we've, suddenly, we've suddenly raised it, haven't we? Well, Stu certainly well, raised it. Raised yeah, it. I'm uh, least yeah. eligible about racing as well. But the thing is, they were all, it, was all, it was all positive coming out of it. It's sort of the interview. Mm. He's very, very Well, like, can I throw some negativity in then? Just a bit, a little bit of negativity because I think, no, I think lots of What, think, you, Matt? No, sorry. I think, Lars, you're right. He probably wasn't gonna it wasn't going for it properly right and i think Stu, you're right i think in that particular it was too frenetic lots of island aroundabouts wasn't there it was all twisty and turning at the end wasn't well protected but he was there or thereabouts and he should he have gone for it a bit more thinking in his very position well positioned in the last 5k because he may not get another chance that's the thing so don't you have to go for every single one you've got just in case i think he, he would have felt- done what he was i think he would have done when think- he was younger but I think he's 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 playing playing it more cool. I think because he knows he's got to be a bit more wily about it. 
because he, he he's not as rest, reckless as he used to be. He wouldn't just go, 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 go and try and muscle his way through. He can't do it. And also, to be fair, Philipson, he was delivered on a plate. I mean, that was near perfect. That was near, That was almost like Renshaw and, and Cavendish at their peak as well. It, it was. He was delivered two, three, two, three, two to 300 metres from the end. And then he had a clear shot at it. You know, and he but, went. Because you went just after Wout, didn't he? Wout went first. And then he almost slightly went out about a millisecond after him. But by that movement, cut him off. And then held it to the end. But it's almost it like Cavendish needs to assess himself, doesn't it? Because I think he five five K to go, three to three K to go, he had dropped back quite a way. And so you looked at it then and thought, well he's never gonna he, he's never gonna make that up because he's not how it, you know not as quick as he used to be. So he was already a bit too far back. So the, so the question is like if he'd have managed to be on Philipson's tail to then just be poaching off off that could he have could he have been in the shout? So maybe he's just assessing all of that at this stage. Where is yeah. it, you know, where is everybody at? Yeah, I, th- I think was... you're right, Rose. You never never went for it today, but you wanted to test it out. Sorry, Andy. No, no, I was just gonna say in as much as I care, um, because it's a sprint stage. You love a sprint stage. I'm but surprised you're participating in this conversation at all. You, yeah, it's, it's... Well, all right, I won't then. There <laughs> was a mini hill at the end. <laughs> Go on. Um, in as much as I care, the um I always felt the kind of Astana train was a bit far back, really. I never felt they were quite in the right position. And I think that's probably the key, isn't it? With all, um, I don't know, the, 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 the sprint train thing has been a debate, hasn't it, recently about whether the, um, the, you know, the train is dead. But it's long live the train today because the train did the job for Philipson, no, as you said. But is, isn't the train just Van der Poel? <laughs> that is the train. Yeah, well, he's a train. He's a train all of himself. Yeah, I mean, if you've got Van der Poel um, dropping you off in the right position, then... That's not going to be what bad, you need, is isn't it? it? I, think, I think you're probably right. I think they they targeted today's stage in the way that Astana didn't, didn't they? Because he dropped off yesterday, Van der Poel, didn't he? Saving himself for today to be that to be that lead out, and I think they they really wanted it, and they did it beautifully. Did it absolutely beautifully. They did, yeah. And I'm sure the Astana train would have been there. I'm sure they'd have been there if they could, but they probably just couldn't quite just couldn't quite get him into the right position. So I don't know. Anyway. So tomorrow then, given that we are not that well informed, what's the parkour for tomorrow? What does it's flatter. It's even flatter. Yeah. Flat. Yeah. There's only one flat, flat with a couple of hills in the middle, but enough. I think it was, it was 80k after the, like, the second hill to get to the end. So you're, yeah, enough enough length, enough road. So Stu, I think well, Stu and uh, I think we've all mentioned uh, Wout. Um, He's been, it's been a bit of a funny... I know it's only three stages in, but has it been a bit of a funny tour for him so far? He seems to have got very angry and he's been there or thereabouts seemingly in a couple of stages, yesterday's stage and today's stage, but sort of not really at the races yet. I don't know what, uh, what is going on. I mean, what do we think about Wout? Well, I think he has been at the races. You know, we finished... Was it second yesterday, was it? Was second it yesterday. Yet? Second yesterday, but I kind of felt his, t- his team felt that he messed it up. Day, you know... The thing is, as someone said in the commentary today, he's the best. He's, he's like, oh, maybe yesterday. He's one of the, the quickest riders. So they're going to let they'll, they'll let him do all the work and sit behind him because they're not going to beat him in a one on one. So he's got to almost like take on the whole of the rest of the uh, the leading pack, which makes it difficult for him. Yeah, they'll let him do the work, sit on his wheel, and then go for it in the, in the final sprint or the final stage. I mean, the final few few meters, whereby. You know, he's trying to attack and do stuff all the time, but because he knows he can't take them on. But they're going, what are you doing? We'll just 
we'll, we'll all work with you, basically. So he's being isolated, isn't he? I would like him to just not not be bothering. I want him to see him. I want to see him world champion. He should not. Mm. It's like he's, he's here to help Vinnie Guard. Come here, do that job. Be because he'll be the he'll be the train up the mountains to do that anyway. Don't don't even bother going for these sprints. Don't even risk it. Just 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 be in this race and then go and be world champion. Good, a word for Lefay though. Who I mean, it was a. Um... Again, sort of looking looking at the other more reputable commentators um, uh, and and um, and critics on cycling, mostly saying, you know, that he what he did very cleverly was kind of watch what um, Jumbo Visma were doing and realise that that was his moment to go and had the strength to. Um, I thought that was an awesome win. That was one of my favourite wins for a. Well, it's probably my favourite win since the first stage, actually. Um, <laughs> It was, which was also my favourite win. I've loved, I love those two I'm stages. Surprised that because it was quite a sprinty win. So you know, it was quite a sprinty win, but without any sprinters in it. You see, I think it's the sprinters that spoil the sprints. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? When he went the Lafay's win yesterday under stage two was a thing of beauty. When they had their helicopters, the sort of drone or helicopter shot on the replay, it looked amazing. It reminded me of when um, was it Dan Martin won. I'm going to get this wrong, Lombardia years ago, where he went sort of similar distance, sort of 500 metres from the finish and just looked as if he was just yeah. accelerating away from him. I mean, they nearly caught Lefay on the line, but it was a it was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? For What was it, oh. co 15 years since the last Tour de France win. So it was, it was an awesome finish, I must admit. Yeah, it's probably, they haven't won since they were systematically blood doping, I don't think. So um, <laughs> they're, they're um, <laughs> with David Miller and co. So they're. Um, I wondered if it was a bottle Big of champagne they'd had. On. <laughs> I wondered if it was a bottle. Of, well, he's you know he's very out in the open about it. I wonder if it was a bottle of champagne they've got on the bus or a bag of blood that's been there for fifteen years. <laughs> an old bag of blood in the boot of the car. An old. I heard this story. Paper. Was it the same bottle of champagne they've had on the bus, or was it? Did they replace yeah. it every single stage? It was the same no, one. So oh, they uh, the same one they say uh, that they've been waiting to crack open for a. I just got this vision a, now of finding it with it. Oh 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 no! Next to an old bag of blood at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but talking of um, we talked about Wout there, um, and Jumbo Visma, uh, vinegar. What are we calling him? Vinegar Vineyard. What do we think? Is he the most? I mean, you, when I watch. The rate when I watch the stage and see him in it, it's almost as if he's not really there. He's the most invisible leader of a team I can remember. There's just nothing to him. He just hides, doesn't he? He just he's just irritating to watch, or just me? Well, he's just getting through the bits. Isn't he? You, I mean, he's not. He's he's the he's the man for the high mountains, isn't he? So, um, and his performance in the Dauphiné was pretty impressive. Really, I mean, he seemed to be able to. I mean, it wasn't the strongest field, but he seemed to be able to ride away at will on any climb. So I wouldn't say that was hiding, really. And his job the rest of the time is to keep safe and not yeah. conscious that much, actually. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's you say that. I'm trying to compare other leaders, or you know. Well, I suppose I'm drawing the the contrast with Pog, isn't it? Well, I'm trying stay to stay out of trouble. Stay with your team. Stay out of trouble. No, I suppose I'm drawing a massive contrast with that with how Pog has, has started the tour, really, and a, you know yesterday's stage when um, was it yesterday? Yesterday's stage, sprinting for the bonus seconds, 
And I can kind of get why why Pog was doing that. I mean, he's now got 12 seconds on him, but it just it he was sort of sitting on his wheel afterwards. He wasn't doing any work with him. And it just felt as if Pog was working really hard to get these bonus seconds. And I just know whether whether it's energy well expended at this stage, whereas Vinegard is kind of just sort of thinking, well, you're all, you're doing all the work, mate and, mate, and looking very sort of enthusiastic. And I'm just going to sit here. So there's very contrasting figures, I, I suppose. Which but is what do we exactly think we did last year? What Pog? Yeah, I mean, do, what do we think about that? Do we think? I mean, there's talk, isn't there, about sort of tension in the team about whether he's really being a, bit, a little bit too enthusiastic, enthusiastic, and needs to be reined in. But that sprint, certainly for the uh, the bonus seconds at the top of the climb, it reminded me. You know, when Lizzie Dynan went up against, or Lizzie Armstead as she was, went up against Mariana Voss in the first ever women's tour, and she won every single intermediate sprint against her, and Voss just won each stage instead. And it reminded me a bit about that, where you think, why, Pog, why are you putting all this effort in now? He just seemed a bit silly. And going for the sprint on the line yesterday, didn't he? He went for the win. And you think, I, I don't know. It just feels a lot of energy for a handful of seconds. I know it's yeah, early in that's the tour, why, but those sprints take it out of you, don't they? It's why we love him, though, isn't it? I mean, that that his, his entertainment value is that he, he's irrepressible winner and he can't he can't leave it. That's... You know, dare, that's dare what we... I love about you know that kind of joyous pedaling style that he has, where he just stamps on the pedals and flies away. And the only person that won't he won't easily fly away from in this tour is is Ving, I think. So, so I'm, I'm so all is power Pog, to his elbow, really. Is Pog the Bazball of cycling? <laughs> <laughs> he might well be, and you're right, Andy. I mean, that's kind of why I love him. You're right, um, but I don't know whether this. They made a big thing about him looking very, very happy. And I wonder whether it's nervousness, a little bit of nervousness, whether he's he's trying to be, look, I'm the person I was last year, but actually I've hardly raced. And I'm putting on this show, but he can't, he surely can't feel as in good a shape as he would have been if he'd ridden a couple of stage races. So I just wonder there's a bit of that going, a bit of kidology going on where he's trying to show how good a form he's in. And yet he's not really. But it may, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's just he's what is he? Because still in the white jersey, he's still on not even twenty three. He's still twenty three. He's riding as he's always ever ridden, and he can't change you. Maybe I, I agree with all of that. But it is a bit frustrating when then you think about someone in, in professional sport. You think, okay, great, he's bringing you know this love of the sport and blah blah. blah. But he only does road racing. It's not quite the same as someone like Pidcock who does and and and, and Van Aert and Van der Poel who do it across different disciplines and kind of have this fun of cycling. Pog only does road cycling. Oh, he does, but he does all the races. I mean, he's a guy who can yeah, win but, the, the Flanders and the Grand Tour. But, but they all they all could do that as well. And it's like, it's almost like a bit, I find it, it's it's okay and fun, but it's it's also a little bit naive in a way. It doesn't, it, it's, I struggle well, with I suppose it. Well, I suppose the proof will be, isn't it, if we come to third week and he hasn't got the legs, whether he, he used up too much of his energy. I don't know. I mean, I mean Vinegard, he can, can only win stage races. He can't do anything at all, can he? It's like a Froome. That's all he can do are these sort of longer stage races and grand tours. I suppose I never really thought about Pog like that. I mean, he does every single road, you know, every single type of road race. But then again, you know, Pidcock will only win a handful of road races. He's never going to win... A grand tour, is he? I don't think. I, I think he's heading. Or... I think he could. I think if he did, but it would be. It, but then he'd have to. He'd have to stop doing the other stuff, probably, wouldn't he? In order to focus, specialise in a, in, in the road. Um, That's probably right. I, I, the only way that 
anybody will ever get me to watch cyclocross is if they put a cyclocross stage in a grand tour be a bit like a sprint stage for me i would then just be able to explain it on the basis that it was giving everybody else a break because obviously nobody else would try apart from the cyclocross boys but um it's really i I mean you know i'm all power to pog for staying off the dirt because it's far and gravel obviously is the is the greatest mythology in cycling the roads where it's at surely yeah, i mean there's so finding, many disciplines interdisciplinary we're interdiscipline. finding andy is very particular about his cycling not it's not he just is, road cycling he's not he's not he's just not even <laughs> not even road cycling because he hates the sprint so you know oh, just, just just people going up hills That's, with a lot of very passionate fans very close to them going <laughs> like this uh, and I, I like at least 10 percent of those fans to be wearing mankinis as well <laughs> Can, can I just say, when the tours first started, surely it was only gravel racing. We didn't have tarmac roads. So back at you, Pendo. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> uh, there's a, I mean, you know, geez, there's quite a lot, a lot of sports that, you know. Should we pause Go, while you look jump, up things on the internet here? I think I'll jumpers, I am going to look up. I'll, I'll help you out, Andy. Goalposts. <laughs> they, they jumpers with, for goalposts. That they is. did it with donkeys before they had bikes, maybe. I don't know. You know, what's the... <laughs> going back to I your mean, point, though, about Pog and, and, you know, going for these points, he's got 12 seconds on Vinegar, hasn't he? Mm, that right. is, you know, sorry, that is crucial, I think. I know it's early, early stages yet. But it's one sport where if you put your nose ahead in front of someone, it can really make a difference. Because if you want to now, all he's got to do for the rest of the tour is sit on his wheel apart from the time trial. So it's a bit like being ahead in, in, in rugby in the final five minutes. You know what I mean? It's really difficult because all you do is defend that lead. It's a bit the same in, same in cycling. Exactly. You can just defend that lead. So, you know, it's, it's a- not as simple as that. It's the tour, but mm-hmm. I think it, it accounts for something. And, you know, the pressure as it goes on and on, is on Vinegar to actually go on in a minute. How, when, and how are we going to make this time back? I think it's a good point, Steve. Actually, because you're right. Because you know, Grand Tours aren't won by five or ten minutes anymore, are they? That is not. It's you know three no. minutes max. So I think you're right. I mean, I don't know whether psychologically Vinegar's thinking, well, okay, it's only twelve seconds, or Pog's thinking, like you said, well, I'm ahead now, so he's got to attack me. Maybe that's yeah. worth more than the actual the, the amount of seconds. It's just the fact that he has to. He has to attack him. Maybe that's all it. That's all it is. Yeah. Got to do something. Yeah. At some point. Yeah, and the reverse of that is that if um, is that that lead could easily be eaten away by um, Vingegaard taking the the bonus seconds. So therefore, whenever Ving goes for the bonus seconds, Pog's got to be there. And on yesterday's evidence, might not be the same throughout the whole three weeks, as that if it comes to a head-to-head sprint, Pog will win. So. You know, actually, I think he's um, now what's a really good tactic for him is just to, um, as you say, Steve, sit on sit on Ving's wheel. Um, the other thing that I think is different from last year is that UAE team now with Yates and Maiko is so strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, they... Um, that is the difference, uh, actually. That is a big they difference. They both look so strong. Um, and, you know, Yates, you can see, is already struggling to say that he's there in... Um, Pog service because he he quite clearly one of the best riders in it at the moment. Um, but you know, having somebody like that is a kind of it's a sepkus, isn't it? I mean, he's a kind of sepkus for. And Micah looked awesomely strong. 
And what's that difference? Last year he got climbing. Did did Pog get fairly isolated in some of the later stages? Numerous didn't? occasions. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe that could be the difference this year is that he's got a team around him now where he won't be as isolated. Mm. Yeah. It came down to that one stage. I forgot. I forgot which one it was. Wasn't it when he kind of it ganged bumped. up on him? Yeah. yeah, and he that was the one the one time, and they're even talking now about whether that was a fueling strategy as much as anything, and it just the the one the one time they all they all got to him. But you're right about Yates. Yates looks so impressive, or has looked impe- so impressive so far. Just the way he's sort of that slower cadence up the climbs just seems to be destroying them, and then Micah as well. So I think having two people like that who are in really good form and looking really strong could could make the difference here. But Yates, um. I suppose we should uh, we should talk about Yates and the uh, the Yates brothers really doing the uh, the double the double on that first stage quite quite extraordinary isn't it to have it was uh, fantastic I mean two yeah. brothers on a podcast is one thing but two brothers in a Tour de France stage <laughs> one and two is uh, I mean it's just a, just a dream isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the yellow jersey suits him as well he, he's wearing it well he's behaving well you know he just seems happy to be there he's good on camera I think good on him. He deserves yeah. it. I think there's more to come from him. Just to sort out the brotherly thing, though, everybody, I mean, certainly on the commentary I was watching, was saying Simon Yates should have him in, in on the on the finish yeah. of the stage. And yet he just waltzed away from him. And now I know he did, Simon did more work because Adam's thinking, well, Pog's behind me. So I get that. But he just seemed to, he just he just danced away, didn't he? Do you, what do you think? Do you think that was a? I think I've, I've won. It. I've won Grand Tour stages. You can have this one. Is that one Grand Tour? It's Grand Tour. Yeah, won Grand Tours. Yeah. No, but I think Simon. Yeah, Simon Yates would have won it if he could. I think he was beaten. Um, but I just that the their um, and they work quite well together because they actually built the lead. The lead was, you know, the, was still only a handful of seconds, but it was bigger than. It was when they first um, first established it. I, I, I mean, it was a great, that was a great first stage. Both those those first two stages were awesome. I, I just think the the starting and keeping up the level of excitement on a tour relies on having actually for me those kind of stages are better than the high mountain stages because mm-hmm. the high mountain stages, particularly if they've got those long drags, you know, fifteen to twenty k of average six seven percent or something where you know actually to be honest they're just long and hard and there's not really any attacking opportunity unless they're sort of up and down a bit but those kind of more um classics type stages are really exciting well that's why it's look- hard for the sprinters i was but, looking know, forward really, to the really ones really at the end when they're going through the vosges vosges yeah. um I've, I've looked at actually stage 19 i've cycled one of the uh, one of the climbs that they do there and it's great because mm. it's not high mountains and it is a bit, mm. you know, stop, start. And and, it, and it's beautiful as well. There'll be Those last couple of days are going to be really interesting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we talked about this thing, I think, during the Giro where looking at a stage and thinking, well, how are we going to take time here then? Rather than just thinking, well, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be a 10, 15 kilometre climb at the end and that's it. When When teams have to think, how could we win? And that's where, back to your point, Stu, about taking little seconds here and there. They started to build up over the three weeks, so I think I, I must. I've loved the first couple of stages, just starting off in a very different way. Where you know it's full on. That first stage was full on, wasn't it? From 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 the from the get. I think this whole course is going to be fantastic good. to watch. As a as a you know helicopter shots as well. I mean, I've never been to that part of the world. It was absolutely gorgeous, and it's a different side of 
Spain. I know they see themselves as, as you know as, as Basque, but obviously Spanish Basque is a day French Basque. But it was beautiful. It was like it looked like a bit like a cross between New Zealand and and South America. Though some of those coastal lines and the rocks jutting out of the sea, it was stunning and it was really lush green as well. So I I, I liked it and I think they they've, they've picked a good route there yeah. for both those points. It looks good, looked the part, and obviously it was good racing as well. And the Basque and the they're probably the most fanatical cycling fans in Europe. I mean, it's yeah. just incredible atmosphere on those planes. Yeah. Would Yorkshire? Would Yorkshire give them a run for the money? Well, it might, but let's no. not talk about it. No. <laughs> I don't know. I looked at the, well, the last time. I think the last time the uh, Grand Depart crowds looked that big and that boisterous was was Yorkshire, wasn't it? And Denmark was pretty good, but That's I true. think Yorkshire was was probably the largest in terms of numbers. But the, the crowds did look incredible over the uh, over the three days. Tell you what, some of the crowds today is I think they were they were they were in France at this point. There's a couple of moments where they're on the road, and I'm thinking, oh my god, that they were because the Peloton up on was really going fast, mm-hmm. and they it's a wide road, like an almost like a motorway or an A road, and there was one of the side of the uh, one side of it they were standing in the road, and they were starting to move back, and I'm thinking, if someone doesn't get their timing right here, this this is going to be a major major crash at that speed proper injuries and you know out gone but it didn't happen thank god i was just thinking oh my god there's a woman there's a, there's a girl she must have been about six or seven she was standing i think please move back please move back she did but she, oh yeah it is incredible it doesn't happen more often to be honest because yeah. you i mean yeah. the cyclists must almost have closed their eyes thinking i just hope mm-hmm. they get out of the way when i get there you know uh, there is one thing that it's to say about about adam yates which we do need to clear up it's not officially kit crit time yet but what do we think about the uh, all in yellow? Uh, Loz, I think you have some strong views on this. I do have strong views. I think it's uh, a wee bit arrogant to arrive at stage two resplendent in full yellow kit and yellow bike and yellow helmet. I think that is way too much. Pushing too hard. He's not even the team effing leader. No, just simple as that. Is he got to wind his proverbial neck in on this one? Yes, he really does. I mean, it was also a speed suit, wasn't it? Which I think was a bit yeah. unnecessary for this for the stage two, really. Well, well, and the only thing I was thinking is um, um, from the pictures, it didn't look like his neck he needed to wind in, to be honest, either, because those light coloured shorts are quite revealing, especially if it's a skin suit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't have that same kind of thing about it being sort of protocol Loz when when at what from what stage can you put yellow shorts on then if you've got the jersey I think you need to be at least a minute and a half ahead you need to have oh, a, so a, think, ta- a time a time, a time solid, thing, not a a stage, solid lead like where you are two. cocksure you know yeah maybe weeks, cocksure, I'd, yeah, I'd allow the, weekly that exactly. is the phrase isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I'd when allow was the last time anyone wore weekly. yellow shorts when is it? I can't remember last time. A, a, Did Wout? I mean, Wout might have done. Did maybe he go, for a time trial, but not. Yeah. Well, I that's the point. Yeah, exactly. For a time yeah. trial. Fair enough. But it, it was. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I, I used to wear yellow shorts as well when he was yellow. Well, obviously we don't. You maybe yes or no is the is the well uh, well hedge our bets. He may have done, Stu. You might be right. Andy's Andy's going to look at it now live on the internet. I'm going to look it up. See. Yeah. While he does that, I don't know whether. Whether anyone caught this, talking about all all the same colour, Adam, little bit blithe, was talking about Fred, 
we talked about Fred in the last episode. Fred's riding a white bike and obviously got the white national jersey on. And he said, and he, I think he had white shoes and a white helmet. And he said, someone needs to sort him out with a pair of white shorts and then he'd look he'd look excellent. I thought, <laughs> all white? No. Adam, Adam Blythe has there. a thing about the white shorts. He, he thinks it's allowed. He's a big fan of it. I'm not. I'm not so sure. It's a lot of it. It's a lot of it. Not Andy, can you confirm whether Contador wore yellow shorts? No, I can't. Okay, I don't think he did. Um, I wasn't looking that up actually. To be honest, I got a bit sidetracked. <laughs> to what? You got to tell us now. Well, it doesn't actually look like Pog. I thought Pog wore yellow shorts in 21 when he won, but he didn't. He was wearing black shorts in all the pictures I can see. Um, so if black shorts are good enough for Pog, I think they're probably yeah. good enough. I have found days. a picture of Pog wearing full yellow. Mm. Not, in, not, in not a time trial? In not a time trial. Okay. Mm. I've got more of an issue, to be honest. I don't like the yellow shorts, but I have more of an issue about the yellow bike. The yellow bike is when you've won the blooming tour, yes. surely. You can, put, yes. you can put yellow tape on. You can have yellow gloves and whatever, little bits of decals, but surely a yellow bike is when you've won the damn thing, isn't it? I think I think Come that's on. that's taken it. Yeah, that's even worse. I've got an issue with the full yellow kit, but yeah, the, the yellow bike is an absolute no no. If you no. if you do Google, uh, you know, Contador in yellow images, all of them are <laughs> with a yellow jersey and yellow shorts. <laughs> maybe maybe they all do it. All it's the still time. wrong. <laughs> Yeah. I agree, it's wrong. You don't need it. You don't need it. Look, you're like a bloody budgery guard. Well, it's, it seems we're into kit, Crit. We want, I want to come to Trex kit because I think that's what we need to cover today. But the green jersey, obviously Simon Yates wore it on day two. And I must admit, when I saw him in the jersey, I, I didn't even think, oh, that's the green jersey. It just looked like a jersey he was wearing. And today, um, what's his name was in it? Uh, who won't? What's his name? Defay. Who won stage Victor. yesterday? Lefay. Victor yeah, Lefay. Victor Lefay. Faye. And I thought it just looks like it just doesn't stand out at all. What do we? What do we mm. think? Is anyone just spot? You don't spot it in the peloton, do you? Stu, you said you won't be able to see it, and I think I think it's true, isn't it? You just don't see it. Well, we said it was yeah, you would see it. Then we would spot it, and we thought it was pharmacy green, and then we realised it was Skoda green. Skoda yeah. green with a mixture of was it spearmint? I think you said there's sort of a lot of minty green on on mm. the uh, yeah, a little minty, yeah, a little minty spearmint or minty on the uh, on the um, the collar on the cuffs. Yeah. I tell you what did look good though. It's herby. We sort of card. What is it? It's herby, isn't it? Because it's sort of a a sage and a mint. It's sort of very. It's a herby yeah. kit. A light a light herb. We did all agree that the Astana kit was distinctive in the end. And I, and I said, well, maybe it looked good on the bike. And it does. I think Cav looks great in it. I think the Astana kit looks really good. And with their, is it Willier bikes they ride? Hmm. I think they look a very, a very good, a very good turned out team. Yeah, apparently uh, Bora have been told to go back to, they had a, they had a Tour de France kit and they've been told they can't wear it. Now they've got to go back to the other one because it's too close to the, too to close the, to the green jersey. Uh, green jersey kit. Should we do I don't the track have kit? Oh, yeah, I'd, well, you, you can. I mean, I never have very strong feelings about the kits because I, I, I honestly think pro cycling kits are all pretty poor. The only one I like is EF. Really. It's the only one that seems to have any sense of style about it. What? However, I have just looked. I did a Google search on Contador Yellow Shorts Tour. Those are my search terms. And if you do that search, it actually brings up a picture of Contador. The first picture you get is one of Contador 
in the Vuelta in 2014, wearing his Saxo Tinkoff colours, where he's actually got, it does look like he's got like a yellow kit with blue flashes on, but it does look like he's wearing a pair of um, Superman-style black pants over the top of the kit because it's got this kind of black trim yep. around the midriff. Very strange. Whoever thought that was going to be a good look. So in the in kit crit then, well, we've, we've talked about the green jersey. We've had a, we've we do not like uh, the yellow on yellow. Although we now find out that a lot of the a lot of the riders who are leading the Tour de France wear all yellow kit. Uh, we said we're going to have a look at the Trek uh, little Trek kit. So who who wants to start off on this one, Loz? I think you have some strong views on this. Uh, no, I I think this is. I actually think it. It's a bit of a marmite. Describe kit, it. Go, go, have I, a go. Well, it's, 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 it's mainly blue. The biggest problem is using the little logo slap bang in the middle of the jersey. I can't really look at it because the on their website the they've all got them as bobbleheads, which is quite funny, but doesn't help you look at the kit very well. Yeah, it's quite it's quite back to the eighties a little bit, isn't it? With its block colours, that's that's the main thing. The with the red and the yellow block colours on the sleeves. But it's it's having when the big I, yellow little on the front is the problem. It's when I first saw it, I thought, no, that looks absolutely terrible. But then I thought, well, maybe it's a bit retro, like you're saying, go back to the 80s. And then it's one of those ones that you think on the bike. So in the stage yesterday, it really stood out. And I know that's, that's the whole point. Just think who's in that kit. Whether it, whether it would get up close might not look that great, but I think it really stands out in the peloton. So I've kind of I've kind of warmed to it now. The the yellow logo is a bit ridiculous, and obviously the yellow and the little dominates in terms of all the yellow yellow decals. But I don't think it's too bad actually. I think it's uh, compared to some of them. I think at least it's distinctive. Actually, forget the kit. Click on the equipment and then click on Mad Pedersen's Chroma Ultra Iridescent P1 Madone. Are we doing live live looking at the internet? Oh my goodness. Oh my oh my goodness. That is a that is one horny bike. Goodness me. Oh. That's awesome. Wow. I might have yeah. to look so the Chrome Ultra Iridescent P1. Yeah, but oh my god. I've, I've 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 enlarged that. Wow, that is that is a stunning looking bike, isn't it? Ultimately though. Back to the kit because the the bottles are the same as the kit. The bottles are clashing with it. <laughs> they don't, yeah, they don't the match the bottles bike, look do they? Terrible in the bottle, the paint job are actually clashing absolutely with that a little bit. I think a little bit. What do Andy? I what think, do you think about the kit? What do you think? Well, on the bike, I think it's because it's a beautiful kind of iridescent turquoise purple with a bit of orange down by the dropouts and up by the saddle. And um, I think it's a real shame they haven't stuck a yellow Lidl sticker on there. Oh, don't it's with the bike now with the kit. We're talking yeah, about on the weird. on the bike, just stick a yellow Lidl sticker on the side of the bike. <laughs> um, a bit like you know, you get those sometimes bike shops put slightly too big stickers on the down tube of a bike when you bought it from them. A bit like that, stick a really big one there. Just um, I think it. I don't mind the kit if I, in the context of not really liking any pro kits, but but I do think the Lidl badge on the front looks like um you know when your daughter or son comes back from scout scouts or cubs or girls guides and you have to sew the badge on the front on their sweater it looks like someone's sewn it on the front to me <laughs> Stu, what do you think not a massive fan There's too much going on maybe this is the trend these days but also i think it's, it's only going to suit someone with darker skin to get away with wearing yellow 
red and all that all that in one go. If you're like a pasty sort of Yorkshireman with ginger hair, that ain't gonna suit you. You know what I mean? You need to be sort of like Mediterranean, looking pretty good to get away with wearing that. Not forgiving. I think you get away with it, Stu. Not me. Contador might get away with it, but there's not enough yellow for him. So a a mixed response there for Trek's uh, Trek's kit, but uh, a lot of love for Max Peterson's uh, beautiful bike. Yes, we'll Mm. we'll definitely take that. So has anybody, uh, have you got anything else you want to say about the tour? Uh, Well, what's been really eating me, Matthew, as you know, um, is that the tour has some vague commitment, like all plumbing companies and things do these days to be carbon neutral at some distant time in the future and i was thinking well electric vehicles they're here they could all be electric you know they could be all e-bikes on the cameras they could be now using drones there is no excuse for them not essentially already being um i'm just on exactly that thing i've just, just done i've just done the it's a very long item. agenda item I've just done the agenda item. <laughs> so we don't need to we don't need to roll it around till next week. No. No. Because I've just done, done it. <laughs> You've just done it. I think you're absolutely right. Yes. It's outrageous, uh, isn't it? Yes. Blah blah blah. <laughs> the environment, climate change. It's really urgent. They but should I get think, on it. I mean uh, uh, the, I think it's a massive not, own goal. Well the reason why it's, it's interesting incredible. is that they, they changed over in and, and maybe it's a, it's the distance thing and all that kind of stuff, but they've the Derny bikes in track cycling are now electric. And that's UCI. So what? Well, that's UCI, I suppose, isn't it? Maybe that's its whole thing, isn't it? This is, it's not, that's, that's UCI um, regulations. Maybe it's, this is different. And maybe the distances are too far, but you would have thought that's the commitment. It It's, it's not hard, is it? They should be doing it. I, I don't think it is hard. And I think I, I, I mean, are we, have, we probably do need to come back to this again, because we need to dig into what, to the sort of, what is their policy really? Because I don't understand it. I mean, the stages aren't, Ironically, they're not as long in the tour mm. as they are in the Giro or the Vuelta. Electric vehicles can certainly cope with them. We could even have a tag team, couldn't you? You could have two electric vehicles, you know, one taken over for, from the next one halfway through a stage. You could, you could do, you could do it. Is it you as much as the charging infrastructures? Not uh, in terms of remote places, all that sort of stuff. Is that part of the problem? Maybe, I mean, but you cut- could, you could do, you could plan for that, couldn't you? You could have planned for that over the last couple of years. And I think, I think, I mean, I'm going to get this wrong now because I, I would like to come back to this. I think it's by 2030 they've said it had to be carbon neutral, which seems a too long away, really, far too long away. There's always carbon neutral is always Weasley as well because that usually involves buying nefarious offsets. But the, the, you know, the thing is, the they they need to plan the route around it, which I realise is going to upset some people, but. You know, don't make huge long transfers. Much better for the teams and the and the competitors. Um, and you know, maybe they can't do it this year or next year, but maybe in the next two or three years they can do all of these things. So, you know, there's guys running around our neighbourhood literally the whole day on electric um, <laughs> scooters now. So just they they'd happily step in <laughs> if the if the pro camera guys don't think they can do it on electric bikes. Get some lads and Lewisham riders around here. Yeah, exactly. They'll do it for them. I, what I like is, is is Andy and Stu, your commitment to this by not putting your lights on in your rooms during this is, podcast. The thing is, Andy, right, he started off. He started off. Andy started off. So I can I, see every bit of him. I'm going to join and now, you. And now, now he's, he's completely dark. In the, 
I'm the only one. I can't. You three are completely the dark. I can't reach my light to turn myself off, but you are. Yeah, Andy. (laughs) Andy's gone. He's gone. Steve's nearly gone. Lots of gone. Screen off as well. There we go. Oh, yeah. right, chaps. Should we, uh, should, has anyone got any A or B? No. No. Well, no. <laughs> that's good. It's tour so focused. Should we, uh, should we, uh, very, very tour focused, very, very serious. And, you know, a lot of things seemingly factually correct, which is, uh, was obviously <laughs> a bit of a first for us. <laughs> yeah, but someone might write in now and say, no, you got it wrong. The listener will write in and put us wrong. Anyway. <laughs> right. Let's, what? uh, should we, should we call, should we call it a day there? Yeah. What will they write in? What will they write in on though? <laughs> Answers on a postcard. By, by what it's... form? <laughs> I don't know. We don't. <laughs> they'll, they'll hunt they'll us down. They'll get in touch. They'll find they'll hunt, us. Yeah, they'll get in touch somehow. <laughs> they'll find us. There'll be a knock on the door at some. That's point. why you're in the dark. Yeah. You're hiding. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not putting my lights on after that. But I mean, tour finish mistake. <laughs> I've been in the dark since then. <laughs> right, let's call it a day then, chaps. Bye 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 bye. 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 bye.